My name is Eva and I'm the host and the founder of the Baltic Startup Mafia podcast. This is your monthly dose of startup stories from three Baltic countries, Latvia, Lithuania and Estonia. Well, it's been a while since I spoke to you. Unfortunately, it is more than a month ago, but uh, let's try to catch up with everything that happened during this period of time and uh, let's dive in because uh, there are really a lot of stories to tell. And let's start with unicorn news. Latvian startup Printful has just announced that it has become the first Latvian unicorn company. The investment of $130 million was uh, the first investment that Printful has sought out, making it also the first opportunity to gain a valuation. Until now, Printful has been uh, fully bootstrapped and has grown to generate $200 million in revenue in 2020 alone. Printful is a print-on-demand dropshipping and fulfillment service, making it possible for e-commerce entrepreneurs to print and ship their designs via Printful. That includes apparel such as t-shirts and sweaters, accessories, home decor, and more. One of the largest players in the system of the circular economy, the clothes and home goods marketplace Vinted, that is also the only unicorn company in Lithuania up to date, has announced that it has closed an all-equity round of 250 million euros. It is funding that values the company pre-money at 3.5 billion euros. This is a big jump for Vinted, which was valued at $1 billion in its round at the end of 2019. Currently, Vinted is a second-hand fashion community of more than 45 million members. And one more unicorn story is about Estonian company Wise that we used to know as TransferWise. Silicon Valley Bank has uh, provided Wise with a 160 million pounds capital facility to help the fintech refinance its existing line of credit. Wise will also use the cash for ongoing working capital requirements, perhaps even for its rumored upcoming London IPO. Now let's move to other news stories. So what else has happened in the Baltics? There are three more deals with the participation of Estonian startups. So let's continue with them. Verif, an Estonian-based technology company focused on identity verification, announced that it has secured $69 million in a Series B funding round. The company has taken on $92.8 million in funding to date since its founding in 2015 by then 20-year-old Karel Kotkas. Verif believes that it can become the universal platform for identity verification for governments and businesses all over the world. Then Estonian's company Skeleton Technologies has recently signed a 35 million euro deal with a world leader in renewable energy production to replace energy producers' lead acid batteries with Skeleton's Skelmod modules and cover the customer needs until 2025. Skeleton Technologies delivers ultracapacitor modules to provide backup power for wind turbine blade pitch control in wind turbines operated by a multi-billion global leader in the renewable energy industry. 
Estonian startup Pactum raised 9 million euros in a Series A round to enter the global deployment phase for automated negotiation technology. Pactum is an artificial intelligence-based platform that enables global companies to automate personalized commercial negotiations at scale. It will use the investment to expand both its team and its customer base of Fortune 500 companies. Let's move to Lithuania. Lithuanian interpretation startup Interactio has raised $30 million in a Series A round. The startup is reporting that the funding will be used to further support the exponential growth that was triggered during the pandemic. Interactio provides real-time multilingual translation services for remote and or hybrid meetings. The next story from Lithuania is about Dapradar. It is the Lithuania-founded global app store for decentralized applications or dApps, which makes it easy for users to track dApp activity online via its increasingly popular platform. Currently, it has raised $5 million in Series A funding to consolidate its position as the industry's largest dApp distribution platform. DappRadar service offers consumers the ability to follow, discover, view and analyze dApps using accurate insights, effectively manage their crypto portfolio, value NFT collections and easily access overviews of several key dApp verticals. Halorent, a PropTech startup from the UK with the founder from Lithuania, announced the launch of its tenant engagement platform that streamlines the entire rental onboarding process and offers additional services to tenants and landlords during the tenancy. The company has raised £1.25 million in a pre-seed round from angel investors and the European Commission. The platform is now open to the public, following field testing with leading UK property managers. What about Latvian startup ecosystem? What's new there? Volatus Aerospace, a fast-growing integrated provider of unmanned aircraft and drone services, will beginning to manufacture up to 1,200 units of the innovative Fixar VTOL drone per year at its new facility at the Lake Simcoe Regional Airport in Oro, Ontario. Fixar is a drone hardware and software company that is geared towards professional industry use, including uses such as videography, surveying, cartography, 3D mapping, monitoring, delivery and more. Longenesis, a startup based in Latvia and Hong Kong, has taken home the main prize at TechChill conference. 10,000 euro, no strings attached. Longenesis is a B2B startup offering a platform to biomedical organizations to reduce the length of clinical trials. This is done through enabling direct communication for safe data curation and compliant, consent-enabled biomedical data utilization for research. By the way, Baltic Tech and startup event TechChill brought together over 1,700 attendees from over 600 different organizations from 29 countries, with 178 speakers taking the virtual stage. The Investment and Development Agency of Latvia has developed Relocation Guide to Latvia, which features all the basics at a glance of moving to Latvia and everyday living here. 
Relocation Guide to Latvia is a material that helps investors, foreign professionals, and Latvian diaspora navigate through the process of moving to Latvia and integrate into the labor market and local culture and community. The material is available at investinlatvia.org in the section for investors moving to Latvia. Well, uh, really a lot of stories this time, but um, there is also an interview, and this time it is with Estonian startup Katana. It is an Estonian startup that has built manufacturing-specific enterprise resource planning software for small and medium businesses. I spoke to Christian Viluosis, the co-founder of the company. Christian has significant experience in startups, and he is an angel investor himself. So we talked about investing, spreadsheet madness, and how startups can help each other to grow. Enjoy! Okay, Christian, uh, it is really nice to have you on Baltic Startup Mafia podcast. And uh, those who are listening uh, the podcast uh, already for some time know that uh, I always invite uh, my guests to start with the pitch. Firstly, thank you for having me on the show. Uh, very happy to be here. Yeah, ask Katana, what is it that we do? We are a business software for uh, new manufacturing companies, modern manufacturing companies. And what we mean by it is that there is a new type of manufacturing company that has emerged uh, over the last few years. And and we call it uh, a direct-to-consumer manufacturer. Direct-to-consumer manufacturer is a a workshop or a factory that makes uh, branded products uh, and that are often bespoke. Uh, and they sell them to consumers globally, straight from the factory floor, via e-commerce platforms, marketplaces like Shopify, Amazon, Etsy, P-commerce, etc. And you see these kind of you know, workshops and small factories in in every larger city globally uh, from a range of industries: you know, organic cosmetic brands, uh, electric bikes, uh, made-to-measure apparel home decor, leather working, coffee roasting, you know, it's a long list. It's very industry agnostic. And, uh, and traditionally, manufacturing companies, they, they used to, you know, manufacturing large, large patches and sell through retailers and distributors and agents. But now we see this direct-to-consumer manufacturing model where they are selling to the end consumer directly. And these type of manufacturing businesses, these modern makers that use the direct-to-consumer channels, they need different type of business software to run their businesses, to run their workshops, to run their factories. So we at Katana, we've built the manufacturing and inventory management platform for these type of uh, manufacturing businesses. Do you have competitors? The competition, uh, of course, exists. When we started Katana, we initially uh, first targeted the um, Shopify ecosystem. Shopify being the uh, the fastest growing uh, uh, storefront in the world, and and initially we were um, the only manufacturing app on that platform that was catering to uh, do this new new type of manufacturing uh, manufacturing flows. Uh, and of course now we we also see you know uh, other players uh, appearing uh, that are uh, that are also looking to service uh, this uh, this model. But at the same time, we have also moved beyond. We have moved beyond uh, the uh, the core focus uh, of, of only focusing on direct-to-consumer. We move beyond towards omni-channel as well. 
we see that when those direct-to-consumer manufacturing businesses, when they scale, they also start to use traditional channels in parallel. So it becomes a mix. We really believe that the future is in omni-channel manufacturing, uh, where, where manufacturers are utilizing the direct-to-consumer channels and also utilizing traditional channels. And there we really have today a unique uh, positioning. I believe I can fairly say that we are uh, either the only or almost the only platform in the world that can really manage the, the modern workflows and the traditional B2B workflows in parallel. So we've carved for ourselves a niche on the market uh, uh, focused on focusing on direct-to-consumer and also the ones that are going omnichannel. You already mentioned different industries, and um, I believe that uh, during pandemic, uh, a lot of people uh, tried different new th- uh, new things. And uh, uh, can you see some um, industries, especially growing during, uh, let's say, last year, during yeah. this uh, uh, year of pandemic? Yeah, it's it's a great question, uh, and and definitely uh, we we saw we saw some trends there. Mm, firstly. Uh, when uh, it was back in, in the spring in, in 2020, when uh, when the, when the COVID hit our core markets, and you know, our core markets are North America, uh, UK, uh, South Africa, Australia, New Zealand, the, la- the larger English-speaking uh, markets, we we firstly, of course, noticed a, a wave of workshops and factories that started uh, catering to mitigate the pandemic. So companies making ma- masks, face masks, companies making uh, COVID tests, etc., that started using Katana to uh, to, to run their uh, assembly or, or manufacturing uh, part of the business. And then over the over the kind of the uh, summer and autumn uh, period of, of 2020, we really started to see an uh, an increase in in uh, in packaged or pre-packaged food and beverage businesses. Uh, we saw a pickup from that industry, and I guess that very much relates to uh, people shifting uh, from, you know, going to the grocery store, shifting over to uh, to ordering uh, food and drinks and 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 all sorts of prepared meals uh, to to home. We had a wave of uh, companies uh, adopting katana that uh, that were really in the food and beverage industries catering for this uh, new type of demand of of home delivery that we saw a nice spike during the uh, during the covid and yeah so i think these are the two main two main industries that we've uh, we, we've seen growing over the last uh, over the last uh, 12 months or so what are your predictions uh, for this year uh, what industries will grow faster than others yeah i mean the, the ones they mentioned of course uh, the, the the growth is continuing there but uh, we see today at Katana that uh, it's really becoming even more industry agnostic. I mean, there, there are several several uh, industries on the market uh, that have been uh, using only very traditional distribution models, uh, retailers, wholesalers, uh, agents, etc., and have not really uh, tried to uh, 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 try to go for the direct-to-consumer approach. And and you know this can range from um, you know, Home decor, uh, apparel, um, consumer electronics, etc. I mean, we are, we are seeing uh, we are seeing this trend across the board of uh, of companies uh, that have been using traditional models only, trying to either switch over to direct to consumer or then at least add the direct to consumer element uh, into their uh, customer acquisition mix. To give you just one example, I'm sure that when you go to your Instagram or Facebook account. Uh, you are, you're probably uh, bombarded with uh, ads from uh, from uh, women apparel makers trying to sell you something that is you know exactly made for you or or you know 
fit based on your measures, etc. So, I mean, all these types of approaches we are seeing uh, today uh, across several industries where companies are trying to go after the direct-to-consumer segment by offering something that is bespoke, that is customized, that is made specifically for, for a specific customer niche. When I um, look through your uh, website, there are only also some uh, demo uh, from the Katana software. And um, I should say that uh, I got this uh, approval that manufacturing is something super difficult because there are so many factors uh, you have to play with, you have to predict. Um, is this so? Is manufacturing um, more difficult than other fields uh, what you can choose to work in in a way it is uh, it is it is complex uh, i mean manufacturing has a lot of moving parts if i would also take the direct to consumer movement i mean that that describes it well i mean direct to consumer movement started already more than 10 years ago uh, in the us like with brands like you know 1 dollar shape club Warby parker glasses you know casper mattresses etc but initially it was very much about retailing distribution drop shipping it's much easier. I mean, it's much easier to drop ship a product uh, uh, using direct-to-consumer channels. I mean, someone else manufactures it. Someone else takes care of the assembly process. I just, you know, get the product, maybe do some repackaging and send it forward to the customer. That's simple. Now, uh, but there's little competitive advantage there. It's 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 hard to 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 take the uh, the margin out from from that that kind of business, but owning the uh, owning the brand and at the same time also uh, controlling the uh, the assembly and manufacturing process of course is much more complex. You need to deal with raw materials, sub assemblies, equipment and machinery on the shop floor that you need to use to put these products together, etc. Uh, manufacturing lead times it's much more complex, much many, many more moving parts, but at the same time. Uh, it's possible for companies to uh, to really find the competitive advantage because they can uh, uh, they can you know get the feedback from the customer and and they can also adjust uh, adjust the production and the product itself they they own the product they know the ins and outs of how it's done they can fine tune it and make it you know more appealing uh, uh, for the customer uh, so it is a bit more complex uh, it's uh, it's it's a bit more expensive to start a manufacturing business compared to a, a dropshipping business, for example, of course, uh, uh, more investments needed. And traditionally, the software that has that has been used to run a manufacturing business has also been complex. I mean, this is what we, what we call a traditional manufacturing ERP system. A traditional manufacturing ERP system is something that has, you know, 10,000 patents, but you only need 10. So it's a category that has been lagging behind in terms of you know user interface, user experience, and innovation. It's a category that hasn't seen much much love from uh, you know support teams, uh, from design teams, and so on. Katana is here to change that. I mean, we have built a software platform that you can use to run your manufacturing business, and we are we are making it simple for you. We are we are trying to you know, take the complexity of this business and hide it in the in the backend calculations, and to make the front end for the user as simple as possible, as real time as possible, uh, to give the visi- uh, as much visibility into the business as possible uh, with with the visual production and inventory management software, so that the complexity of the manufacturing business uh, becomes something that with Katana is easy to handle. So basically how it works, I am, uh, for example, having uh, or I'm using a shopping, uh, Shopify 
platform and I'm building this uh, my own store. And then I uh, add this Katana platform. And at the end, is it possible also to make invoices? Yeah, I'll give you the workflow uh, overview. Uh, so for you to understand, let's assume that let's play through a scenario that you and me, we start a business. Let's say it's an organic cosmetics brand. And let's say that we, we start a business and we decide that, uh, you know, we're going to mix those products together ourselves. We're going to buy the raw materials from the local, uh, from the local uh, sources and, uh, and, and set up a small workshop. Let's say that, you know, you're running the business. I'm managing the workshop. We have, let's say, three, four employees there. We are mixing together the, uh, the lotions and doing the packaging ourselves that we ship to the, to the customers. So in a situation like that, you know, we set up a Shopify store, for example. So we have our own web shop where customers can purchase the products that we made. We add the product line on the Shopify store of various, you know, creams and skin lotions and, uh, and beauty products that we, uh, that we are making. And now, as soon as we get an order on the Shopify app store, based on the marketing that we, we, we've done uh, for that e-commerce store, then Katana pulls that order uh, into the Katana backend system. And in Katana, we can then manage uh, the entire order fulfillment process, which starts from purchasing of the raw materials from the local suppliers, uh, then the entire manufacturing planning process. What are the products we need to do? We need to mix together in, the, in our workshop next. Uh, the, also, the processes on the shop floor, you know, which employee is working at what machine, what's the next operation step they need to make to finish the product. And, uh, and then kind of shipping out that, uh, that, that order once the, once the product has been made and the, and, the, and the order is ready for, for fulfillment. And of course, it's all supported with you know, live inventory uh, tracking in the background that how, how many raw materials we have, how many finished product stock we have, uh, where are we running low, what we need to m uh, purchase more, what we need to make uh, more. Now, when it comes to invoicing, for direct-to-consumer workflows, typically the, the invoicing is handled by, by Shopify and, and the e-commerce platforms. When it comes to B2B workflows, then um, we have integrations also with uh, the leading uh, accounting systems uh, that SMBs globally are using, QuickBooks Online, for example, or Xero Accounting. And many of our customers are, are invoicing uh, through those platforms. So uh, the invoicing itself is not available in Katana, but we're integrating with platforms that typically manage the invoicing part. To answer your question, I believe there are a lot of people out there who are uh, like us in this example are uh, considering to start a manufacturing business. Uh, what can you suggest to beginners? Uh, what to start with? What uh, to pay attention to avoid some uh, commonly made mistakes? When we started uh, initially uh, the the journey of Katana uh, a couple of years ago, then. Um, uh, our first focus was on the on the Shopify uh, makers and manufacturers, as I said before. And so initially, we were working with these relatively small companies, like maybe 5, 10, 20 member teams. I mean, now we have already come beyond that, and we are working with SMBs with you know, 100, 100 of employees, uh, or up to 100 of employees, and, and, and revenues of, of, uh, of already much higher than, than just the, these small micro-businesses. But when you're getting started, what we noticed is that these, these micro-businesses uh, typically, they started with spreadsheets. I mean, many of us do that. I mean, when we when we are kind of when we don't yet have a process in place, where we're just experimenting, we're trying to find that how we should make those products, what type of what what type of products actually our customers want. Uh, when we're looking for that product market fit as as a manufacturing business, as a workshop, or as a as as a designer, as an artisan that owns a brand and that wants to deliver something new to the market. 
then when we're looking at that uh, product market fit, when we're still experimenting, we're very often uh, using spreadsheets, you know, be it Google Sheets, be it, be it Excel, but we are kind of trying to manage everything uh, within that, uh, uh, within that uh, framework. What is important to, uh, to kind of pay attention to is that every entrepreneur, every aspiring entrepreneur trying to uh, build a, 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 a new brand, a direct-to-consumer brand, uh, they need to understand when they reach the tipping point where this uh, kind of spreadsheet madness starts to fall apart. Because, you know, if it's just two of us, we can manage the business with spreadsheets. If we already have, you know, 5, 10, 15, 20 employees, then, uh, and we have, you know, 20 spreadsheets kind of linked together, you know, one managing orders, one managing inventory, the other one tracking the uh, the raw materials, etc. Then this kind of, the whole uh, spreadsheet madness at some point starts to fall apart because we lose the point of truth. We lack the visibility and spreadsheets don't uh, update themselves in real time. An entrepreneur needs to understand when they've reached the point where they should start uh, to look for some kind of a software package that supports their business and process that would allow them to scale so that the, the spreadsheets wouldn't become a blocker of becoming a more bigger and more successful business. And that typically point, you know, for various companies, it may come at a different time. In some cases, it may be, you know, when you, ha- when you hire your fifth employee. In some cases, it could be uh, a bit further down the line if the product itself is simple. But uh, every uh, scaling business reaches a point where they need to start uh, using uh, specialized software that is meant uh, for their business. I've seen you know, companies really struggling with scaling because they haven't made that step. So it's important for the for the entrepreneur to understand when that tipping point uh, has arrived. Yeah, but I believe that there are so many companies out there still working with spreadsheets and big companies doing oh, that. Oh, it's it's crazy uh, what kind of businesses uh, people uh, have built with uh, with spreadsheets. I mean, we I mean, most of our customers are in the United States, uh, uh, and uh, and I mean, we were all, we were we were ourselves like, totally mind blown. Uh, when we when we started going up market towards larger businesses, towards you know, bigger factories with you know 70, 80, 90 employees, let's say you know close to 100 million dollars in turnover, and then we realized that the entire business is still run by spreadsheets. Or even if there is some specialized software in place, it's underutilized, underused because it's too complex, too difficult to manage, too too weak, too weak user experience, user interface, not enough flexibility. And there's there are still these tons of spreadsheets like you know running on the side uh, and, and it's all a mess. People are really able to build really big businesses uh, on spreadsheets, but uh, but there is a there is a point in time where where it really starts to block uh, really it starts to be a blocker for further scaling and growth. Christian, but how did your entrepreneur's journey started? My own journey uh, uh, started uh, actually. Already more than ten years ago, I'm, I'm an, I've been an active uh, angel investor on the on the Estonian market, uh, investing in in more mature businesses, also manufacturing businesses, but also in startups. But the but the journey for Katana actually started, um, I think it was about uh, yeah, five six years ago, when uh, when me and my my co-founder, we have three co-founders, uh, uh, myself, Hannes, and Preet. But me and Preet were working on uh, or helping a friend of mine establish a manufacturing business in Estonia. And they wanted to use this direct-to-consumer concept. They wanted to avoid, uh, well, not, not avoid, but they wanted to add on top of the traditional B2B channels, also the direct-to-consumer channel. And, uh, and and this was kind of the first time where I where I realized that, uh, you know, we can pick 
software for almost every function of the company. And there is a modern platform available that has the necessary integration, the user interface, user experience. But when we started to look for the manufacturing platform, the, the part that manages our inventory and manufacturing process and the order fulfillment part, then, uh, then we realized that you know, the manufacturing ERP or the MRP segment is really lagging behind. And, uh, and so as an entrepreneur, at this point of time, I realized that there is a big opportunity on the market uh, as, as this, this SaaS vertical is, will go through the same disruption, the same revolution that we've seen in so many other software verticals. And, and, and helping to kind of build that uh, direct-to-consumer manufacturing business here in Estonia it got us thinking that uh, that we should actually uh, try to build a product that becomes the kind of the uh, the new wave that will start to revolutionize the uh, the manufacturing software market. Uh, you already mentioned uh, also your work as an um, investor, and um, I found that uh, yeah, it's really interesting that um, in in recent investment uh, round of Katana, uh, Skype, PipeDrive, and TransferWise uh, uh, people took part. And uh, um, also, uh, I found that uh, you have recently invested in Planet 42, another Estonian startup that uh, that uh, I have uh, uh, recently interviewed mm, for, for yes. the podcast. And, uh, well, there are a lot of those facts that uh, Estonia has a real strong uh, community where um, investors and uh, people who has succeeded in, in um entrepreneurship and become investors they uh, put their their effort together to make something or to give an opportunity to somebody uh, can you describe this uh, this uh, feeling you have uh, being part of this uh, ecosystem the politics uh, in general and especially estonia i mean it's 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 a very small community right it means that everybody knows everybody every every other founder is just a phone call away and the and these the local communities that have been created uh, like the uh, estonian founder society and, and and others they're doing a good job in, in kind of bringing those people together and uh, as a result uh, it's 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 a pretty common pattern actually that uh, when you when you look at those angel rounds Katana recently did an A round, but we still had a couple of uh, a couple of angels investing uh, on the side. Then uh, it's it's quite common uh, these days that I may have a founder of another startup as an angel investor in my in my venture, and I at the same time I'm I, an angel investor in in his or her startup. This is kind of a network effect is is playing a role here, and of course now that uh, you know, Estonia has been. You know, very very successful in uh, in terms of uh, being the breeding ground for the uh, for the unicorns, and some of the exits have, have resulted in uh, in founders and and, uh, and employees of those unicorns uh, now having the funds to invest, and that again is boosting the uh, uh, the local startup scene uh, significantly. We are seeing uh, uh, you know, angel rounds really turning into into party rounds quite often. Uh, supported by you know ex pipe drive ex transferwise ex skype employees that are you know taking the funds that they they receive from those successful startups and reinvesting again in in early businesses which is absolutely amazing as as this this pattern is uh, fueling this this wave of of, of entrepreneurship and, and new startups uh, new ventures being uh, being created which is of course also boosting our uh, local economy can you say that it is uh relatively easier for Estonians to find um, uh, find money for their venture? Finding investors is never easy. I think it's fair to say it has become a bit 
easier. Mm, but uh, but it's it's never easy. I mean, if if you scroll back a couple of years, then uh, then this early funding or the lack of early funding was uh, was clearly a problem and a blocker. It has gotten better a bit over over the last few years, thanks to the uh, thanks to of course, firstly venture capital, uh, uh, earlier stage venture capital appearing on the market, but also uh, due to the fact that uh, there there is a more active angel community uh, uh, supporting also early stage startups. Uh, but it's never easy. Uh, it's, um, it's 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 always a it's always a long process of trying to you know sell your idea, sell your vision, uh, to typically to a long list of people. And just you know throw a comparison here. I mean, we now had closed our A round uh, in in January uh, in Katana with uh, with Atomico leading run uh, the round. I mean, clearly one of the one of the leading uh, VC uh, VC firms in uh, in Europe. Or, or even globally, to reach that stage where we where we were able to close around with Atomic, um, I mean, at least a hundred uh, pitches that I had to do uh, prior to prior to getting to that stage. It's it's never easy. It's probably even I would say it's it's fair to say it's even harder for uh, for for companies that are just getting started. Uh, I mean, if you don't have the initial traction, uh, you you maybe you may have a prototype and it's not uh, you, you haven't yet released it to the market and you're trying to you know get your initial funding to uh, to do your launch campaign, etc. It is always tricky, uh, and and a lot of a uh, lot of the success depends on uh, partly, of course, the idea, the size of that opportunity, but to big part, uh, uh, big part also uh, what plays a role here is the uh, is the founders and the team that is behind behind this project. And how how well they can articulate their vision, and and how how well they can make the investors relate to that. So situation has improved, but it's uh, but it's never easy, and I think there's still you know long way to go for the for the ecosystem in Estonia and in the Baltics uh, to uh, to be at the level of of you know to be at world class level in terms of uh, in terms of uh, giving the young entrepreneurs a chance and the, and the financial support that they need. What is your aim with Katana? Uh, our aim with Katana uh, is um, today. Uh, I mean, if you could, let's say, short-term, mid-term perspective, three to five years. Our focus is is very clearly to deliver a new quality level to the manufacturing software market. To be, to kind of the, be spearheading that uh, cloud and SaaS transformation that is that is happening on the on the software on the manufacturing software market, and to really become the number one manufacturing, not just a software, but a manufacturing platform. For the SMBs, and uh, and beyond that, we we then uh, are basically facing a choice. We have the opportunity to go further up market towards the enterprise, and the incumbents on the enterprise market it, it's very stagnant as well. Cloud transformation, SaaS transformation hasn't really disrupted the manufacturing software market the same way it has you know disrupted CRM and, and others other SaaS verticals already years ago. This industry is ripe for uh, for disruption. And, uh, and we're hoping that uh, we can be uh, we can be at the forefront of of that uh, of that process. Uh, alternatively, we also have the choice to move beyond manufacturing towards wholesaling, retailing, and other business models. But uh, but this is something that uh, this decision decision we can take uh, you know three three to five years down the road when we have really established Katana as a leading manufacturing and inventory management platform for the SMBs. Isn't it so that uh, every Estonian entrepreneur dreams of a unicorn company? Uh, I guess you know for, for every entrepreneur, uh, I mean, they typically they 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 hope that uh, and they wish that their business uh, grows bigger and stronger and uh, uh, and they can uh, they can really leave a mark and and leave an impact. Of course, uh, at Katana, we are also uh, 
focused on growth. This is the key metric for us. We're very much focused on growth. At the same time, we are also focused on the on the on our customer on on the on the consumer of the software, uh, the the businesses that uh, that are uh, that are using Katana to uh, to run their uh, to run their workshops, their factories, etc. What what is my aspiration here? I mean, the most uh, the, the, most of those positive feelings that I get when working with Katana is working with those customers. If I can really, you know, help these these small and medium-sized manufacturers and give them the the software that takes them to the digital era, that uh, that you know helps them to kind of go through that you know industry 4.0 kind of transformation and process uh, on an SMB level, and as a result, they become more efficient, more lean, and they can start competing with the mass manufacturers, the enterprise scale, you know, big corporates, and and it becomes kind of a more fair play for the uh, SMBs. Then this is this is a huge kind of satisfaction for me if I can really you know help these entrepreneurs to scale their businesses and become more competitive on the global market. So uh, so of course I would say that you know if you're if you're really focused on your customer if you can really bring value to them and uh, and solve their business problems and help them scale then as a result you will also be growing your business and the uh, and you know becoming a unicorn not becoming a unicorn is 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 something that will just happen along the way if you if you stay focused on your customer and you stay uh, focused on solving their problems it seems like a good good way to end this conversation so uh, really thank you christian for your time and uh, it was a real pleasure to talk to you and i wish you all the best in reaching uh, your goals thank you for having me on the show and uh, and if there are any listeners uh, who are running a manufacturing business or or, or, or thinking about uh, starting a small consumer brand and, and doing the assembly or manufacturing process in-house, then you know, check us out at, uh, at katanamrp.com. That's it for this episode. Thanks for listening. Wash your hands, wear masks, vaccinate, and stay healthy. I will talk to you soon. My name is Eva, and I'm the founder and the host of the Baltic Startup Mafia podcast. 